Thank you, and good morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. And today on Ask BBB, get ready. Winter is on the way. Uh, We know that. The deciduous trees are going to drop their leaves. The evergreens are preparing to be lit for the season. And so this morning we're joined by a representative of CLC Tree Services to learn about what we should do to help our trees make it through the cold and the snow. Speaking of cold and snow, finding our gloves and mitts and boots and coats is an annual event, usually done on the day it first turns cold or when we first see that white stuff. But some kids don't have coats. And Ernie Raftus joins us with details on how we can make the Boys and Girls Club Coats for Kids a success. Now let's back up just a bit because we haven't done our trick-or-treating yet. Halloween, just like pumpkins, businesses pop up to take advantage of this short-term market. What should we know about them? And our first guest is with us now to talk about winter. Hi, Ernie. Ernie Ratfuss is president and owner of Learn to Live Video Productions. But besides that, Ernie is also chairman of the board of the Boys and Girls Club. Welcome, Ernie. Thank you for having me today. Can you please tell us a little bit about what Boys and Girls Club does? The Boys and Girls Club of London uh, is one of the most unique charitable operations one could ever find. We have well over 3,800 children and youth members. We have 1,400 seniors that are members through the Horton Street Club utilizing the same building. And what makes us unique is we also have a bus service that will pick children of less privileged origins from different neighborhoods and bring them to the club. It has one of the sayings go, we say no to nobody. We're also... Uh, happy to say that we're a recipient of many, many support supporting funds from the United Way. So I have been in the Boys and Girls Club house on Horton Street, and it's amazing. And it has like a pool and gymnasiums and all that sort of thing. So what do the kids do when they go there after school? Especially in the past couple of years, we've started taking a, a more proactive uh, role in getting kids into different leagues, different sports. So now what we're doing when they show up is we give them three choices. And it's the first time we've tried this in the past few years so that more kids are engaging in good physical activities. But one of the most successful programs that has ever been thought up is our MAP program, and it stands for My Action Plan for Education. Uh, Through Western University and Fanshawe, we're pleased to say that we are privileged to receive thousands of man hours and women hours helping tutor the children of the Boys and Girls Club. And the MAP program is uh, a success that was taken right across Canada by Rogers Raise the Grade. And uh, I can't speak enough about the number of children that were impoverished who would never have made it to post-secondary. And we have had success now over 10 years where we actually have had some people accepted in med school. So Boys and Girls Club are providing recreation activities for the kids, um, education support, and it sounds like some motivation and some good life skills as well. Uh, The variation of uh, our success stories uh, is renowned uh, throughout Canada and yet right through the United States. Uh, our past director one time did a tour of uh, Boys Club of America 
and they never, ever thought of using the building almost 24-7. They, they were blown away that they're seniors in a Boys and Girls Club building. I was just going to mention that, that yeah. uh, that utilizes the building at the times when the kids are at school or, or not mm-hmm. there. Uh, how much interaction is there between seniors and, and uh, the, the uh, younger people? Well, right now, uh, that's one of the side benefits. Every time we speak to the United Way about the seniors and their discount to become members, there's volunteers at every place in that club. And some of these kids have never seen a grandpa or a grandmother. And that's one of the other benefits. They learn to take some direction from within the village is what I'd like to refer to. The final thing I'd like to mention is uh, unknown within uh, London, it seems. This club has been uh, 60 years in operation. This is our gala year that we just finished, uh, a gala celebration at the uh, Diamond Aircraft, and that was quite successful. And all the funds raised this year are going towards the MAP program. so it sounds like there's opportunities for people to volunteer with MAP and other programs or to make a cash donation to help support the club. But at this time of year, you also have another program that BBB has supported for some time called Coats for Kids. Can you tell us a little bit about Coats to Kids and how people can help? Well, Coats for Kids, uh, we were trying to do a, a, a little research today Uh, figuring out when it started. I can tell you that it's been in running for what I think is 25 years. Last year, we gave out uh, 1,700 coats plus some shoes, boots, mittens, scarves, anything that children and teens would need, and uh, we ran out. And the thing that I I appreciate you having us on air today is uh, we're about 40% behind that drive, partially due to October being so warm. And so we're reaching out to the community, and Londoners uh, typically always come through. There's almost 20 distribution points within uh, London, different places like the BBB and Wortley Village. Right across through uh, Clarkside Row, we have uh, places, places of business in Lambeth, Byron, and throughout Oak Ridge. And I guess we can find a list of those places on the Boys and Girls Club website? Yes, you can, and bgclondon.ca. Okay, that's great. And so for those listeners at home who have um, gently worn coats or who want to go and buy a new coat, they can uh, drop it off. And it would be kids' size coats or small adults, I imagine? And right down to snowsuits, uh, especially with the uh, uh, various immigrations that we've had this year. The Syrians in particular are going to experience their first uh, Canadian winter and it's expected to be quite cold. Okay, so people, if you want to see a, a look at one of those snowsuits, if you're not really sure what we're talking about, you can look on our Facebook and our Twitter page and you'll see Ernie holding up one of those snowsuits. So Ernie, thank you very much for the great work you're doing with Boys and Girls Club. You're welcome. And can I name the distribution date? Yes. is Saturday, November 5th. And the final thing is, is all you need is a piece of identification. The child does not need to be there. Yes, that's all you need. Thank you. Ernie, thanks for being with us this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. And when we return, we'll find out about trees from CLC Tree Services. We're back with Ask BBB. And we're here with Pam Cook, manager of CLC Tree Services. Pam, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us today. I'm here to ask you today about what should we be doing to prepare for winter and 
do the fall maintenance that we need to do for our trees and shrubs. So it's kind of the perfect time. All of a sudden, the days are getting cool, and we are in amongst the fall season where we're going to have to clean up a whole lot of leaves in the next little bit. Um, The best thing I'm about to tell you is maybe we don't have to take those all to the curb and be so careful about raking them up. So it sounds like you're going to save me some time? A little bit of time, but not all your time. Okay, so what should we be doing? Your best bet is to take those leaves and your extra grass, mulch those up with your lawnmower, bag them up, and dump them right back on your trees, your perennials, and your garden beds. So all of it should get leaves and mulch all over the top. How thick should that be? You want to get about a three or four inch layer um, when mulched leaves go on, they get a lot, uh, very fluffy. So it takes a little bit and they get compacted and it'll kind of blend back in. Okay. The one thing to be sure of though is that we're not putting diseased leaf back onto your garden. Okay. So how would I know if a leaf is diseased? Now this season we've been pretty lucky. Um, There's fairly little amount of disease that's happening. Um, But if you see spots of any sort on your your tree leaves, um, anything from tar spot on, on maples to anthracnose in some of your oak trees, best to bundle those guys up and bring them to the curb. Okay. So if there's some kind of odd spot on the leaves, that's an indication that that tree might have some kind of disease. Right. So So besides avoiding putting those leaves on the mulch, should I be getting them some kind of special care? Um, It would be great to just note that, hey, my leaves look like they've got a fungal infection and that's something that can be addressed first thing in the spring. Okay. So maybe a picture with my smartphone would be a real smart thing to do. Absolutely. It's always great to be logging what's going on with your trees throughout the season. As soon as you start seeing things that are happening, taking pictures, holding on to them and and calling one of the experts to take a look at them first thing in the season. Okay. So are we finished with this, what was it, the boar ash disease? Oh, the emerald ash borer. We are still deep in the midst of the emerald ash borer. Um, What the studies have shown us is that in the London area, we're at the highest point of infestation. And it's going to be a number of years before that starts to dwindle out. So if I have an ash tree in my yard, I should probably be talking to a tree professional about possibly having that removed? It's It's a very good idea at this point. Trees up till this point have to have been injected for a number of years, probably about six or seven years, to have been viable. If you're just getting to your ash tree now or you're just starting to notice that there's signs, you're about four or five years too late, unfortunately, to save that tree. Okay. But something to consider is removing that during the winter months or removing it while it's still a little bit green. Once you start getting into a tree that's damaged, really decayed or starting to cause... Uh, big branches to fall, mm-hmm. the cost associated with taking that down starts to increase as the tree d- dies. And with our winter storms, it's possible that a tree limb could fall on a house and damage your roof or hurt somebody, right? Absolutely. So best bet is to get somebody in in the fall, take a look at it. Um, a lot of people are surprised to hear that we work 12 months of the year. We take trees down January, February, March, Winter snow, I mean, the only time that we kind of slow down is in the middle of a snowstorm, but we pick right back up the next day and get back out there to help people. So it sounds like before I actually start doing that leaf mulching, Mm -hmm. I should do a quick inspection of my trees. And if I'm not sure, take some photos and um, save those for contact later. Absolutely. Okay. Now, what about um, protecting my smaller trees and shrubs from heavy snow this winter. Yep, and that's a great idea. A couple of the uh, big concerns um, is to make sure we're taking care of new trees. New trees, new plantings, they don't have the root system they're going to need to go through the whole winter without a little bit of help. Um, Best bet is to find the windiest side of the tree, which is normally the northwest corner in the winter, and to put up a burlap screen. Evergreens, deciduous trees, even some of your newly planted shrubs could all benefit from a bit of a winter wrapping. 
two posts, a roll of burlap can go a long way in saving your hundreds of dollars worth of new trees. So am I just putting up a wind barrier or am I wrapping the entire tree? There's two ways to do it and both are right. It depends on what type of tree you have and kind of a good good opportunity to call somebody in and that that's not something you're comfortable doing. Call an expert in and say, hey, this is something we're looking into getting done. Is there something you can do to help us with that? Okay, so we're protecting it from wind. And what about just this? Does the snow hurt it when a lot of snow falls on those small trees and the shrubs? The snow itself isn't quite as damaging as a frozen or freezing rain, like that ice storm we got a number of years ago. That's when that's going to cause a lot of damage. Okay. Uh, if we do get a lot of snow all at once that's really wet and heavy, always a great idea to go out and knock your branches off if you can see them really bowing in the snow. Okay. Um, but if... Um, if you're going to be doing some wrapping, there's two things to think about, too. So it's that one windy corner of your yard on that northwest side. It's also the salt spray from the road. Uh, it's a lot of the things that we don't think about, that those wet puddles we're driving through after the winter, the snow plows have come by and put down a lot of salt to make it safe for us to drive. As we're splashing through those puddles, it's actually causing um, a salt drift to drift into our properties. So if I have trees or shrubs right near the edge of the road, maybe I should put up a screen there too to protect them. Absolutely. As soon as that salt gets on those buds, it can start drying them out and causing damage that is pretty much irreparable in most of the evergreens and can cause a lot of damage in some of your deciduous trees and shrubs. Okay, so we have just a moment left. I'd like to ask you, does CLC Trees, like other tree services, offer special holiday services? We do, actually. Because we've got all the great equipment to go up high in trees, we offer a lighting program. We uh, run a franchise of uh, Christmas Decor London. And what we can do is get up into those big 50, 60-foot tall trees and put up a beautiful light displays. From your classic whites to greens, reds, purples, blues, you name it, we can come up with a variety of custom programs for you. Great. So um, I don't have to do that myself. I always wondered how people got up there. So there's special equipment to do that. And then when um, the holidays are over, do you remove that as well? Yep, absolutely. So okay. be it tree lighting or fascia lighting in your home, reeds yeah. and garland, put it up. You enjoy it for the whole holiday season. At the end of the season, we come back, take it down, store it. And you've got all your product for the next year. Oh, that's fabulous. So I found that there's a few things that are important to do to save me time and money come spring. And um, a way to really extend the enjoyment of my trees with some special lighting. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show, Pam. We really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Coming up next, we'll hear about our special tips for Halloween. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. Deb, Halloween is just around the corner. As a matter of fact, there will probably be a lot of costumed people out this weekend. Yeah, there sure will be. And uh, I'll I like... be one of them. <laughs> well, we have a costume party that we're going to and we've uh, rented some costumes. So we're looking forward to it. It's going to be great fun. I, I like the um, the title of the press release that went out from BBB Concerning the pop-up stores that uh, happen at Halloween, it's a spooktacular tips for Halloween. It really is a big thing, isn't it? It is. I was really surprised that um, that, that we're talking about billions of dollars in North America. About $10 billion is spent on Halloween in Canada and United States. Now, I understand that... Uh, we might not spend as much money, but on a per capita basis, uh, we spend more, spend more per person, which is really surprising. 
Now, when I was a kid, we always made our costumes. Mm -hmm. And so I still kind of am interested in that. But I did buy an accessory, a hat. And I was surprised to discover that you know, witches' hats, any kind of hats, they're $30. <laughs> well, unless you take to the, the dime stores, we used to call them, but some of yeah. those stores have some, well, the dollar stores have some yeah. great bargains in that. Yeah, well, I think we used to uh, raid mom and dad's closet yeah. for costumes when we were kids, but we went the, we went kind of the lazy route. Uh, but it was fun to go into the costume rental and look at the variety of things that are there. It's kind of like going into the prop room in a theater. I can't wait to see. It'll it'll be great fun. This is almost as big as Christmas, isn't it? Oh, not that big, but um, there are lots of ways to spend your money, whether it's going to be on candy, on decorations for your yard. Apparently, 48% of people decorate their yard. 71% of people hand out candy. I don't know who those other people are who don't, but I'm not going to their house if I can help it. Well, apples maybe. (laughs) And uh, they say 16% of people dress up their pets. Now, Ashley tells me she thinks that's understated that we're just not admitting because everybody she knows with a dog is dressing them up, including me. I wonder if some of those uh, costumes for uh, animals or dogs and some of the other things are at those pop-up stores that come up. Yeah, they sure are. I went to one of those pop-up stores last year, and they had an amazing collection of um, costumes and tons of accessories. And each item wasn't all that expensive, but if you put together an entire outfit, you could be making an investment. And if you're only wearing it once, if you're not planning to repeat the the wearing of that costume. It's a little bit expensive. I also was wondering about the quality of it. I didn't think that those costumes would stand up to more than one wearing. So if if you do make a purchase at one of these uh, pop-up stores, uh, what are some of the things that we should think about, Deb? Well, the first thing is, how long are they going to be there? So they are a temporary store. If you're going to buy something from one of those pop-up stores, be sure you know what the return policy is. I always take a picture of the return policy with my phone so I have it right there. And find out before you actually pay because after you pay, if there's no return policy, it's (laughs) too late by definition. Um, So that if you do take the package home and you try to put it on and it falls apart, you want to know if you're able to take that back and exchange it or get your money back. Um, then the other thing is um, you should probably pay with your credit card is the best way so that if you do have a problem, you can go back through the credit card company. And also, you know, it's not always the stores that are always they're in the wrong. If you're buying a costume and think you're going to return it after your Halloween party, that's considered fraud. You know, mm-hmm. that, the rental plan, go to a rental store if you're planning to rent. If you're buying, then, you know, you you're, you need to intend to actually keep that product. You'd be wearing the mask in both uh, instances, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess uh, and these stores are there to make the sale for Halloween. So yes. I guess these these are final sales, right? In most cases, they are final, although, you know, some of the stores will allow you to exchange an item if if there's a damage to the item. Um, but the idea is that, you know, it is a purchase lim- for a limited period. They're not expecting to be in business after October 31st. And so make sure you're aware of what you're buying. You can also buy online. And then again, you want to make sure that you're using a secure website. So use a website that has an HTTPS at the beginning, which indicates that it's a secure website. 
And um, either use your credit card or PayPal. Don't wire money online, um, you know, because you may actually pay for something and never get that costume or get it after Halloween when it's too late to actually wear it. Some things that we can do besides uh, dreaming up different kinds of <laughs> costumes. Uh, so we wish everybody a, a good Halloween weekend. And a safe Halloween. Remember, the kids need to have visibility in their costumes and be able to see where they're going. That's just about all our time for Ask BBB uh, today. Don't forget the Business Integrity Awards. The Business Integrity Awards are on November 2nd at 7 a.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton. It's not too late to get your tickets, Jim. All right. So we'll see you there November 2nd. And go to BBB.org and type in London to get access to the ticket portal to buy your ticket. And you can always contact us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram with at BBB Western ONT. And if you have uh, suggestions or a question for any of our guests, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. Now that's it for this uh, day. And next week, uh, we're going to meet uh, the winner of the Integrity Awards. Yes, the two winners for the two different categories. So that should be an exciting show. Until then, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. Remember, start with trust.